Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Great to be with you today, Paul George, Deacon Bear, in studio. You look a little happy. Do I? Yeah. Well, well one, it's September 1st. God, the it thought is. of the little sprinkling of fall. I never thought I would love 90 degrees more than I've ever loved it. It felt like spring. Like 90 degrees started to feel like a, a little twinge of spring or fall. Fall, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, right. That's better. Fall. And the humidity was down, so it just really kind of felt like 85, which is crazy to say, you know, because, like, that's still warm, right? Yeah. But, but it, it was, was like 107. So you take 17 degrees off of that. You're like, wow, this feels better. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know this who live in this area, but you just lived through the hottest day we've ever had that mm-hmm. we know of. Yeah. It got up to 110. Yeah. And the previous record was 107 mm-hmm. back in 1901. So congratulations, everyone. Yeah. 107 in 1901. So it just shows it's always been hot. Yeah. Okay. So nothing new, but we just happen to be going through a dry spell. But we got a little rain. They called it an air pocket. An air pocket. We were kind of caught in an air pocket. You know, have you ever been caught in an air pocket? Apparently I have for like weeks. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're happy. Like you, last week we were talking, and I don't even know if it was on air, but uh, you... I had a pipe burst because mm-hmm. of the heat. Mm-hmm. Now you're in an older home, you know, so, you know, these. Some might call it older. Yeah. Things. A- 1830. These things might pop even if it's not hot, right? Because right, they're right. just old pipes under the house or whatever. You thought it was going to be an astronomical amount, which you did get quoted, and then God just provided. Yeah, you got to wait on God's timing because the first plumber, lots of money was the quote, and it it would take a while for him to start. So like called the next plumber. It's like thousands less, but still thousands. Wow. And it'll take a while for him to start because they're all so busy. Yeah. So then I call the next plumber. Thousands. Still thousands. Thousands less. But still thousands. But still thousands. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, whoa. And then God just sent this uh, guardian angel figure, a friend so of mine. So how long did y'all go without water at your house? Well, a week and a half. We could turn it off on for like an hour. And okay. turn it off and then wait for the big pool that accumulated to dry. Before we could do it again. In the yard, because it was leaking. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What a sacrifice. Because, I mean, you have, what, you know, 10 people in your house? 11 people, yeah. 11 humans. Yeah. But, it was, you know, it was great. And uh, So it was like, hey, we're turning it on. Everybody shower. Yeah. We ran the laundry. Everybody shower. Then we shut it off. Okay. And, um, but then a friend of mine, I told him about it, and he was very generous, and he, uh, he's, he said, I think we can figure out how to fix it. And he came over, and we sure did. And it cost $80 worth of parts and two hours of time. Yeah, so you went from thousands to, like, this is what I love about, like, Cajun ingenuity. Yeah. Or just even, like, logical, critical thinking. Or even, like, how, how men kind of help each other yeah. in a sense of, like, hey, let's just, before you spend thousands, let's see if we can kind of map this out and figure it out. And you just needed someone to kind of help you. Exactly. You know, because there was... You it know, was so strange. I mean, me when he showed up, I saw this thing in me. Like, I started to think more clearly just because another guy was there to yeah. think through it with me. Yeah. Because, like, before, I was trying to figure out, and I couldn't. And then he shows up, and he's like, well, what about this? I'm like, that's true. And then this, and, th- and then we figured it out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I needed another guy to, to be there to think through it. Well, know? when a pipe's broken underground, you're like, this is... I. 
this is out of my expertise, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to call somebody, you know? And then they're like, oh, it's going to be a $4 million. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I shouldn't let have me, to take out a deductible on home insurance. Yeah, let me just think about this. So great news for you, man. Huge news. Huge. And look, if you're a generous person out there, uh, people appreciate that. I, yeah. hope, I hope people appreciate that. I appreciate this guardian angel fella. Yeah. Well, look, you came in so happy that you brought in a box. I sure did. Hot box. Hot box. Golly, it's heavy. Right. It is a little heavy, but listen, the first... You didn't put books in here again. This is like your thing. Last week, I brought you a box, and it was probably... You can't top it. I can't. We had chicken cracklings. But I might actually... Okay, so the first item is not obvious. Okay. So I want you to open it, but you... Can I open? Don't say what you see just yet. Okay. Well, I'm going to open the box and not look in it. I need to tell me what you don't see. Because the first item, I thought, what could top chicken crackling? And there's not much. Okay. Well, the first item. But I thought of something. I see is like a a light bulb that's for a a car blinker. Yeah. That's not it. That's not the first item. But that is in there. That is in there. And is that for me? Yeah. Next time you need to change a headlight, I got you. Okay. Um, This is a blinker light, by the way. Your blinker light, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because those go out, you got to fix them. A prayer gotcha. cord. Um, novena of the childlike confidence. That's a pretty neat little novena card, man. It's old, like it's like an old novena, right? That needs to be set. And the card itself is old. I forget how I inherited it, but like people have used it to pray novenas. But it's a pretty sweet novena for childlike confidence. Okay. Yeah. And uh, for free marketing, we have a uh, raised in the choir loft. CD cover by Laura Huval. Yeah, she just came out with a new album. Uh, she's from here, from Cecilia. I, you know, and I've never heard this album yet, so that's mm. good. But the the great news is that there's actually no CD in the... It's in my Jeep right now, so okay. when we leave, I'll take it out and put it back in for you. Well, I do actually have a CD player in my truck, nice. which means I have an older vehicle. Same here. Because most of them weren't made with those, but... I think she's probably on Spotify, Laura Huval. She's that a great musician. True. So I do have Spotify. I'll just do that. You keep the CD. Okay. Fair enough. So the Novena uh, and the Novena card. I can keep the Novena card? Oh, yeah. Pray that. Have you prayed the, the powerful Novena of childlike confidence? Not for nine days, but I'll, it was in my, um, I keep it in my Jeep, and every once in a while I'll, I'll pray it. Okay. All right. But I haven't done the nine-day thing, no. And then, of course, there's Adam, another there's book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This one you, I thought you might really like. You're going to give me this or just let me borrow I'm it? I'm giving you that. Okay. Why? Because I don't use it, and I'm, I want to gift you with it because you might actually use it. Okay. It is the Hallman Bible Dictionary. Yeah, and I normally look up stuff on the internet about that kind of stuff. Like if I'm homily prepping, stuff like that, like I'll, I have my sites that yeah. I go to. I figured you might Now, this is the first time I've book. ever uh, seen this on the cover of a book. Mm-hmm. Exhaustive, theological, scriptural. Mm-hmm. Exhaustive. Exhaustive. <laughs> I've like, never. I've read never, it. You'll be exhausted. I've never heard of that on the cover of a book. Does that mean they've like exhausted every option and just? Um, I don't know. Have every, you know, one of the things I actually do use, and I have a Bible dictionary, is like I I do you use a Bible dictionary often. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, this one's a an exhaustive one. Yeah, and, and this is exhaustive because I just opened up the book, and it turned to the letter B mm-hmm. in the dictionary. So it's an actual dictionary. Right. And the first water, I mean, the first word that uh, came up was bitter water. 
Wow. That's exhaustive. I mean, they put every word in here. And so it has like everything that it symbolizes in scripture and stuff like that. So just bitter water. Okay, everyone. I just turned to the page and that's what came up. Do you know what bitter water is in scripture? I'm going to guess times of suffering. Wrong. Okay. You're completely and totally wrong. Awesome. You're not even close. I'm not exhaustive. I mean, you have not read this dictionary. (laughs) No, I haven't. I mean, what... how do you give a book that you haven't read? I just that's that's exactly why I've had it for a while. Yeah. I've never read it. Okay, everyone, the, here's something we're going to all learn today. Bitter water in okay. scripture is the water drunk by a woman su- su- suspected of adultery. Oh wow. Hmm. If a man suspected his wife, okay, I'm just this is hysterical. If a man <laughs> su- suspect I've never heard of this bitter Me water. Me neither. Okay, if a man suspected his wife uh, had been unfaithful to him, but not a witness to the act and could not produce witnesses to the act. The woman was taken to the priest who arranged an ordeal to determine the woman's innocence or guilt. Wow. Yeah. So the priest would... Yep. You see, some people are, are squeamish about going to priest for confession. Which is this crazy. is what they used to do this with is, the priest. The priest uh, seated the woman before the sanctuary facing the, facing the altar... The woman's hair, this is like an Old Testament, I guess. Uh, the woman's uh, hair was unbound as a sign of her shame. The woman held the offering, and the priest held the vessel containing the bitter water. Wow. Wow. This is crazy. The bitter water was a combination of holy water and dust from the sanctuary floor. Have you ever heard of this? Never in my life. I mean, my mind is like opening to new words. Dude, enjoy it. Okay. Go nuts. At this point, the woman took an oath. If she was innocent, the water would not harm her. This sounds kind of voodoo. <laughs> if she was guilty, then the then her thigh would rot. Oh my goodness. Her thigh. And her body would swell. Wow. Now how, how is this even like true? Well, this could be an example of one of those things our Lord talked about where um you know, you, you replace God's law with traditions of men. And, like, by the time he came around in uh, the Holy Land and, well, 2023 years ago, there were many traditions, I guess, like this that uh, had come up that we don't find in Scripture, don't find in, New, in the uh, Ten Commandments. But this one sounds pretty detailed and specific. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. If she was innocent, she would not be harmed and would conceive children as a blessing. If she was guilty, the curse would take effect. Um, so anyway, this is crazy bitter water just for everyone to know. Thanks for this gift. You're welcome. I wonder what they would do to men if they, if they were unfaithful. Apparently not much. I don't know. No, they would stone them to death. But that's the thing is you, you had to really know. So they had yeah. to, I guess they devised this method to really know before oh. they killed somebody. Um, yeah. But look, the last thing in the box is not obvious, but it's better than chicken crackling. Oh, there's another thing? Yeah. I don't see it. I figured you would say that. Yeah, there's nothing. Do you believe me, though? This, this is going to take faith. Do you believe me that this is better than chicken crack? No, I don't believe you. Okay, I figured you wouldn't. All right, so this morning, I woke up, okay. as I typically do in the morning, and I noticed the temperature outside, mm-hmm. 72 degrees. Okay. Which is what they call perfect. Perfect weather. So I walk outside, and it feels perfect. glorious. So I put that air in that box. Seriously, you're way And I too figured, much. like other people, you had been praying for the terrible heat to end. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't wait. And so I boxed for you the answer to all those prayers. 72 degrees, 
fall-like weather hmm. for you. Wow. Now, if you could take that great weather or chicken crackling, which would you pick? I would take the chicken crackling. Okay. Because right. it, it doesn't matter what mood you're in, the chicken crackling. <laughs> you could eat an inside in the AC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, okay. I'm going to pick a word every time. I'm going to leave this in here. Oh, wow. And, yeah, we're going to play word dictionary or whatever it's called. So anyway, this is great, man. Um yeah. Okay. I have actually have a have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Okay. I don't know if you've seen this, Adam. It's the weirdest thing ever. Okay. Police stop a Nebraska man, which is not a surprise. Nebraska, you know, kind of farmland for bucking the law. Okay. Now you got a picture. He's in a Lincoln, like a Ford type Lincoln Continental type old, older car. Okay. 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 Uh, and uh, the, for bucking the law, uh, with a bull riding shotgun in his car. Okay. So there's this picture <laughs> on literally on the road. He had car- cut out the passenger hood uh, and door and put a like a like an actual gate door on the side of his car on the passenger side and put a three thousand, four thousand, five thousand pound bull in the seat. <laughs> harnessed him in this thing's got horns that are like covering the like this whole size of the hood of the car it's a live bull not a fake one not a person dressed as a bull which we've talked about before this is an actual and he's driving down the interstate <laughs> and the police can't the, he wouldn't tell him why so they in, interviewed his wife and the wife said well him and the bull since he bought the bull nine years ago have become really good friends he did it just to be near the bull they're just buddies. They just pal around. And she said that he has spent so much money on the bull and fitting the car to fit him in there that she could have a new kitchen. That's how she quantified the money? That's how she quantified. It costs the same as a new kitchen. The money. That's how she quantified the money. Wow. No, I haven't seen that. And uh, I imagine the car went really slowly down the interstate. I don't think you could book it in a... No, but I mean it's it's like going. Like it, it is it is going, and and people were confused. It, it is not anything small. The the okay, look it up on the news. But this bull with its horns and its size are almost like half the size of a full size car, and it's <laughs> and it's in there. <laughs> They're just buddies, you know. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but this really reminds me of something we do in the spiritual life, actually. Well, it actually reminds me what? <laughs> of the reading this Sunday. You're kidding. No, it does. I mean, Jesus just comes out clearly and says, take up your cross and follow me. Oh, my goodness. No, seriously. And take up your bull. Yeah. Drive with the bull. Like, carry, carry your cross. And I was actually looking at the image of this and thinking... In all seriousness, Jesus does not say, leave your cross. He says, take your cross mm-hmm. and follow me. I carry it. So you got to fi- outfit your car for you the got, cross. You got to figure out how to carry this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are times in our life, I don't know if you can relate to this, maybe with your you know, plumbing situation, where the cross does at times feel bigger and heavier than it should or it actually is. Mm-hmm. It just feels big, huge, and that we can't carry it, right? Yeah, totally. 
And he doesn't say you have to carry it alone. He just says you carry it. He just doesn't make any sort of reference to that. And you had this guy come over. You had a big problem. Like your family of 10 mm-hmm. was without water. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then when you would turn it on, your yard would flood. Like you had a, you didn't have like a pipe burst to like a toilet. So you're like, hey, we can't use one toilet. You had a pipe burst to your house, like the main mm-hmm. line. So this is inconvenience. You have a lot of people, a lot of toilets that need to be toileted. Yeah. Showers, clothes, food, the whole thing. Like, you know, and so you're trying to navigate through this. It feels heavy, big. I know this is sort of a weird reference, but this very, you know, kind person just came in and helped you kind of carry the load of this and figure it out. And it ended up being a lot lighter than it was. That's right. Yeah, and when the I've found, at least in my life, that when the cross feels heavy and confusing, so sometimes it feels heavy and it makes total sense. I don't know if you can relate to that, but like you know, like I've had things like that, like um, like we had three miscarriages in our life, right? Right. The first one felt heavy and confusing, but then the the other two weren't as confusing because like I had I had learned the logic of of life, let's say, and of death and and of losing a child. Like I had learned the logic of it. Um, and so it, it was heavy, wasn't confusing. And so I knew, I knew how the bull fit in the car, let's say, right? Like the car of my heart had been trained to carry this, this cross, but when it feels heavy and confusing, in other words, we're in a normal car. This is not a bull fitted car. You know, (laughs) this is just a typical, I'm just a, a normal person having to deal with this very abnormal cross, and it's confusing. I've found that if I just wait on the Lord and pray and let him make it clear, like don't overcompensate, don't overcarry, mm. don't try to over get rid of it, don't try to over move on, don't, don't try to over solve the problem, mm. but like wait on the Lord to make sense of it. That's true. And and then he it will be time to carry it once it makes more sense, you know. And he just says carry. He doesn't say you have to walk a certain speed or run with it. Right. He doesn't you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes our cross we know it's there, but it feels lighter. You're like, yeah, like life's hard and this is just sort of like the the pace of life, you know, uh, that I'm that I'm going through. And sometimes it just seems unsolvable, it seems dark, it seems heavy, right? right. Our cross. And so to carry the cross is not this punishment, but the Lord saying, like, I, I'm with you in your life, right? And to pretend that life isn't difficult or that we experience suffering is, um, is how would I say it? It's heresy. It's a, it's a, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and, um, and so like, there's a lot of freedom in and saying like this is this is the burden this is the cross I'm carrying not that we can't have freedom in that not that we can't have freedom from our sin or our burdens or our suffering but to disacknowledge that there is no cross is to live um naive really when uh, you said heresy i think that's accurate like the the grown up version of that is what we might call the prosperity gospel but it's this uh preaching of the gospel that, and this is not true, so we can call it heresy, that God, Christ, wants to set us free from every uh, burden, inconvenience, and poverty and impoverishment in this life. 
which he literally told us the opposite. Right. He said, if you want to follow me, you yep. will have to carry this cross every day. Yeah. But that one day you will receive house and lands and brothers and sisters and and all of that, you know, in the kingdom. But yep. you're going to have to give up all those things in this life. Yeah, so much so that, uh, you know, when Jesus was talking about his suffering, Peter took him aside because he was confused. You'll, you'll hear that this Sunday as well in the reading. And Jesus... Um, rebuked Peter. Mm-hmm. He says, get behind me, Satan. Like, you're talking heresy. Well, see, there's the, the confusing, cro- the scandal of the cross is that Peter Peter got revealed to him one day that his Lord and Master mm-hmm. would die, be yeah. put to death, and it was too much for him. That was a cross too heavy for him, and At it was confusing, right? Yep. You, you use the right word, and, and it becomes a scandal. So, well, Peter rushed too quick to say, Lord, never. Right. Yeah, and and Jesus wasn't having it. He wasn't like, "Hey, Peter, like, you know, let me be, let me be gentle with you on this." Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "No, no, 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 right? Like, like get behind me. Like this, you're, you're talking, you're talking silly talk. You know, like, Call I'm, I'm supposed to suffer. I'm going to suffer. And not only that, he's, Jesus says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, like, mm-hmm. like empty of ourselves, to be selfless, to get rid of our egos, our narcissism, and take up the cross. What's the cross? To take up the life of Jesus, the cross yep. of Jesus, and follow him. And, and the cross of Jesus can symbolize all sorts of things, right? Suffering, but life, right? you know, freedom, uh, resurrection. There's a lot in there. And so, but it's not to take it and put it down. You know, I've often, you know, kind of, thought of that like it's like anytime like i take my cross and i set it down and i'm not carrying it or someone's not helping me carry it like you know like a like a real companion in the lord the cross just stays there Mm -hmm. like like my life does not move forward without it like i have to go back and pick it up if i actually want to move forward because everything makes sorry everything makes sense through the cross. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844 844- Three eight seven eight five three three. That's eight four four three eight seven eight five three three. Yo, 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 yo! Welcome back to the show. Um, great to be with you. Thanks for listening to the radio here at KLFT in Acadiana. Um, fall is in the air although it's hot we can smell it and to all our podcast listeners wherever you are thanks for being a part of the show sharing it uh my mom update you know Mm -hmm. last week you um you know gave an apology i did to our mother i did now you know because you've adopted her and she's adopted you as Mm -hmm. you know part part of the mother of the show she's definitely the mother of the show yeah uh she texted me and said that she forgave deacon bear thank you Mom, just don't talk about skinning people anymore. That's what she well, said. Well, I promise, Mom, I will not mention that for at least a year. 
you will not bring it up yourself. But if it is a story, we have to talk about it because we report actual news. Oh yeah, this is a lot of people don't realize that this is a a cutting news <laughs> outlet. But um, no, it will be another year before Saint Bartholomew's uh, feast day, so I probably won't mention it for a year. Yeah. So okay. Well, um, hey, speaking of listeners, mm-hmm. I did have an idea. Okay. What if they could send us a hot box, listeners? That would be great. Yes. So, could they mail it to... Yeah, so if you're a listener and you want to do this, just mail it to Delta Media in Carriker, Louisiana. I don't have the address on hand. You look it up. You just Google. Just Delta Google. Media Corporation, yeah. Lafayette, Louisiana. Is there rules to this? No, it, it can't, can't be food that'll it can't be spoil. Dangerous, right? And it can't be a, a live animal. Like I you, agree. You can't be like cruel. No, I agree with that. Nothing, but anything else creative. Yeah, you can mail in the hot box. We would open it up. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we'd be very grateful if if you would do that. So mail it to Delta Media in Lafayette, Louisiana. Super awesome. <laughs> okay, so. I did want to mention a little more about this guy that I'm impressed with who took the bull by the core horn. And um, I kind of thought that the opposite direction you did. So there's two sets of horns in this car. Right. Is that what you're saying? That's right. (laughs) There's a core horn. And And then he's got horns. Yeah. 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 Um, Lots of horns. So you, you went the route of like kind of we need to imitate this in our spiritual life, which is great. My initial reaction was the like exact opposite. See, I was thinking this reminds me a lot of when I try to make friends in my life, especially my spiritual life, that I should not make friends with, mm-hmm. and then it makes my life ridiculous. But like I'm just I'm going along with it, you and know? then and then you're full of bull, full of bull. Yeah, you know, so things like um, let's say uh, vegging on a on a on a phone for uh, you know thirty minutes. Yes, like I Total try to waste try of time. To, outfit my life to make it make sense that this makes sense, but it does not make sense. It And people are looking in or you're looking in at yourself, mm-hmm. right? You ever do that? Oh you're yeah. You're kind of looking in at your own life. This is ridiculous. And you're like, this is ridiculous. This does not fit. This does not make sense. Exactly. If you look at the, you're right. Like, that's a good point. Like if you look at the picture of the man with the bull on his car, it like, it like, it literally likes, looks like it's a bunch of bull. Like you, this is an arrestable offense. Like it yeah. is like that, like obnoxious, but like he has, worked so hard to make this bull fit in this car. Like right. it actually does fit and he's riding down the road. Like this is not like a make-believe story. And so like, yeah, like we can, we can make anything sort of work even if it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. We can force things into our life that just feel and look wonky and yet they're a burden to us, but we just keep living with them. And the further we go along, the harder it is to be convinced that we shouldn't. I mean, imagine going tell that guy now. After all this investments he made, he he spent a whole kitchen's worth of money on his car, a so whole he, remodel, whole remodel. <laughs> That's so funny. She put it that way. Okay, but the, you think about like the <laughs> thousands you would have spent on your pipes, right? You could think, man, if I was going to spend thousands on my pipe, what else better could, could we put have a spent bowl in my Jeep? Thousands on a yeah. remodeled kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> could paint our house, buy a new car, right? Right. You know, so you, you know, yeah. you obviously, but here's what the thing, and I think you make a great point on this and in, in, in all truth is he could not give a good answer to why he did this. 
because he was so close and attached to this idea. But when they interviewed his wife, she gave the most clear answer to it. Mm-hmm. She actually said that him and the bull have become friends. Mm-hmm. They're, they're attached, basically, mm-hmm. to each other. And so, like, he's just, like, kind of so lost in this situation that he's literally configured a whole car to fit a, you know, three, four thousand pound animal <laughs> in it with massive horns. Like, not just like, this is not like a, like a, just a regular size cow. This is a massive bull with horns. So imagine this car pulling up at a drive through establishment, you know, just I'd like a number seven. It's going to cause a stir. It's going to cause a reaction. Like, this is weird. And this reminds me, you know, my first spiritual director, Father Fry, he would talk about this. He was like, look, we all tend to think very highly of ourselves, typically. Some people do struggle with, like, poor self-image, but that's actually a, a form of pride, he said, because we ex- we, we're mad at ourselves for not being more perfect because we expect us to be perfect. Like, we have this weird thing where we think highly of ourselves, mm. but God knows who we really are, mm. and he loves us. But when we come to pray, when we, when we come to him, when he looks at us, there is something there's some main fault. That's the way it's a dominant fault. There's some main crack in our character mm. that God wants to heal. There's some wound he wants to heal. And he thinks about that. Now, he doesn't think about... It's not like all he sees. It's not like he looks at us and only sees our faults. Sure. But he knows us through and through, and he wants to heal, and he wants to bring out, um, bring us... But we might not see what he sees, right? So, like, we show up to the drive through with this bull in our, our, <laughs> our side, and we're ordering stuff from God, right? And he's like, well... You're not going to fit through this with... I mean, Jesus gave a, a parable just like this. If you're rich and, and wealthy, you know, you, it's like you are you got a camel. It's just too big, and you got to pass through that eye of a needle hmm. to get into the kingdom of heaven. There's You have to detach yourself from these friends you've made in this life. Like St. Augustine learned. We talked about him again um, last week, his, right. his feast. You have to detach yourself from all these friends we've made that we have to outfit our life to fit, to be able to fit into the kingdom of God. This is why our life does not make sense outside of our vocation or authentic friendships or the sacraments. Like we need people, faith, things to help us to see the reality of our life, Mm -hmm. right? We are not at our best when we live isolated, when we live very sort of inward, right? Mm-hmm. We could be riding with a bull and no one's going to tell us mm-hmm. that this is not working. Like we need people to look at us and be like, you're, it looks like your life is heavier. It looks like you're carrying too much. It looks like you're trying to fit things into your life that you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like if we don't do that, then we just, we really turn inward in our life. This is why yep. we go to confession where, the, you know, the priests can look at us and say, well, why do you do that? And you're like, oh man, I need to think about that. You know, yeah. or why don't you get rid of that? Why do you keep carrying that? We need friends in our lives, right? To say, mm-hmm. it sounds like, like you're trying to force things. You're trying to make things happen. You're not trusting in God. You know, this is why we need a, our spouses or, you know, in our vocation to, to, not only help carry the burden, but to look at us and be like, you know, like maybe you should do something different, you know, or think about like, honestly, like this, this guy's probably isolated himself so much to where like he, he's not even thinking clearly. Clearly. 
he's not thinking clearly. Clearly. And, uh, yeah, and, and the thing is that makes life so much harder than it has to be. I mean, the cross is heavy enough, but it actually doesn't feel burdensome unless our love is too little. This is what Mother Teresa said, right? Like, love doesn't count the cost, and love gives till it hurts and doesn't and, until there's no more hurt, just love. Hmm. And so when we feel the hurt of the cross, when we feel the hurt of the call of Jesus, it's actually probably that bull making our car too heavy. Those attachments we have, those things that we're, we're too friendly with in this world. And, you know, I felt such, such freedom when I'm able to recognize that bull sitting next to me and just <laughs> ask the Lord to kick it out of my life. I'm talking about, like, toxic relationships. I'm yep. talking about spiritual habits that the Lord never actually asked me to do. I'm talking about um, little selfish things that I might do throughout my life to try to please myself and not others. Like when I discover that there's a bull sitting next to me and can kick it out by God's grace, that's the greatest freedom I've ever experienced. And it made the car so much lighter, right? And and then I could actually follow the Lord and carry that cross he's asked me to carry. I love that. And not only that, it's like even like doing things that we're not gifted at. Like mm-hmm. forcing gifts onto ourselves, uh, I've seen people all the time who, you know, just are so focused on being a certain um, person, mm-hmm. and it's not the person that they are. Focusing on a gift, maybe they they think they're supposed to be a professional musician, and and they're not. Mm-hmm. Right? What you know, like some of the hardest things to hear are that's probably not your gift. You probably should focus on what your gifts are, like, and yep. but you think because you've so isolated yourself that, oh, like, you know, I am this. You identify with that, and yes. like, there's a lot of freedom in like moving into your gifts, but there's a lot of bondage in operating and thinking that your gifts are something else. Man, you're hit. You're hitting on something so important because. Once you've outfitted that car for that bull, I am a bull car guy. Yes. No one's going to tell me different. Nothing the else The cop's going to arrest me. Yep. He's going to say, you shouldn't do this. I'm going to say, well. My wife saying I could have had another kitchen. <laughs> and you're just like, nope. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am a bull car guy. Yep. And, I'm uh, all in on this. We do that. And the more we identify with our gifts and forget, you know, um, I remember another spiritual advisor of mine, Father Nunez, but he would say... Uh, you know, God can carry treasure on a, a horse or on a mule. He used the word jackass, but on a jackass. Yes. But the treasure is all the same. And so sometimes he gives gifts. It doesn't, you you are not the gifts God gave you, right? But he, got, he gave you those gifts for a purpose. <laughs> and so don't lie about what your gifts are and think just because you have to feel better about you. Realize you're just a mule. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, and the gifts God gave you, he's, he wants you to bring into the world, but it's not about you. Yep. And, uh, man, if we identify with our gifts, there's such a danger in that because we, we equate God's will with what we think our gifts are. Like, obviously, God wants me to be that professional musician or be that televangelist or, like, whatever. Like, obviously, God wants me to do that because that's my dream, so I'm going to push hard for that and forget everything else. The thing is, God might be asking me to do something else. My mission might be something else. Yeah, no, and if we don't want to hear it, we won't, mm-hmm. right? And I, one of the hardest conversations I had was with a coach who said, you know, maybe your gifts are your long-term something else. Like you have a different, a bigger calling. Mm-hmm. And I was so focused on sports because I was good at it, but it didn't mean that that was like 
my greater gift or the thing that I was going to do forever, right? Or long term. And I remember that being a hard conversation. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to accept it. But as soon as like I began to like process it and think and pray in it and talk to people about it, as hard as it was, I began to find this new freedom to really discern a new path for my life. Mm-hmm. And it, it changed it changed everything, right? Because yes, I could play sports in college, but that was it. That was you know, I think my calling was different from mm-hmm. there on. But I at that point I was gonna keep going. I was gonna keep just, you know, like putting the bull in the car. Yeah. And just making it work. And because we're human and God gives us the gift of grit and the gift of tenacity and the gift of hard work, we can force things and we can take control over life. We can take control out of God's hands and Mm -hmm. we can not surrender to God's plan for our life. And we can live our life forcing things over and over and over again and making it work sort of, but there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of like, you know, water hitting a sponge and it just soaking in, you know, we, instead it's like water just splashing off you know a glass it just it just it's just scattered you know but mm-hmm. we make it work we figure it out and a lot of us times in our lives live that way maybe even our whole life yeah and and it does it does uh get back to question of identity and value and worth you know like who are you um, what makes you valuable? Yeah. What makes you worth something? Mm-hmm. And that's why when we when we discover the pain of these hard conversations, it brings freedom because we have to admit that we are something else than we thought. And what that thing is is that we're a child of God. Yeah. But it's hard to admit that at first for whatever reason. Like, yeah, I'm a child of God, but I'm also this and I'm this, and that makes me valuable. Um, but if at the end of the day, the only thing I die in this life as is God's son who loves him with all my heart, what better identity could I have? Like I could have no gifts, no talents, no abilities. My life could achieve nothing in this life, like for other, for the world. For, but if I've loved Jesus with all my heart, this is what St. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 13. You could do all those great things. You could play professional baseball. You could, um, you know, spend millions of dollars to make the church better. You could like do all these things, but if you don't have charity, if you don't have love, if you don't love God with everything you are, it's all nothing. It's all nothing. Yeah. You know, you got me thinking um, just with the analogy is like, what are the, what are the bulls in my life that I need to get rid of? Full of bull. Yeah. Hey mom, uh, this is another book idea. Write this down. Right. Yeah. 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 Like identifying the bull in the car. Yeah. My mom's probably keeping a, a book journal of ideas from you for me. Yeah. But, I have the best ideas for you to write about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. All the time. The, so that you could do the work of uh but, but no, like what are yeah. like what what like if I'm looking at this car and I'm just mm-hmm. like and I and I can just for a moment, like discernment in our life is like removing ourselves in a sense from our situation to look at the situation. That's right. Through the lenses of God. Get out of the car, like, take a look. God, you and me, let's mm-hmm. get out of the car and look at the car. Let's look at my life. And, and Lord, speak to this and help me to see clearly the reality of my life, right? That's mm-hmm. discernment. That's prayer. And so if I step back from my life and it and and it's laid out in front of me and I'm asking the Lord for clarity and I'm saying, wow, there are literal 
bulls in places that they don't belong. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like mm-hmm. they're just wonky figures just shoved in places that they don't go. And you could look at that and be like, a bull does not belong in a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Logically, it does not fit. Okay. But I'm making it. I'm, I'm fitting a square peg in a round hole, you know. And I can look at my life and say, where are the bulls in my life that are just fit in wonky places that I need to remove? I like it, you know, and I, and I can, and I can identify that. I can see it and say, wow, like there are, there are some, some areas, you know, that, that just, I'm, I'm forcing it, but like, I need to surrender. I need to just remove those things and ask God to fill the void. Well, and the hard truth is that it's not just some kind of defect in our character. It's not just some kind of like, oh, I always do this thing that people shouldn't do. The hard truth is that we've actually made friends with certain things we shouldn't have made friends He's with. He's friends with this bull. Like we have attachments and love for things we shouldn't love. We shouldn't have attachments to. And that's the hardest part of it is that we're not just talking about something as simple as behavior modification. Like I need new habits. I need to, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to do my mornings better or my evenings better. It's much deeper. Yeah. I need to figure out what I love that I shouldn't hmm. or what I love too much that I shouldn't love as much. I mean, you remove the bull from this guy's car. Like, we keep going back to this. He would just break down. He would break down. But you think to himself, when he's pulling out of the driveway with a bull in his car, you don't (laughs) think his wife's thinking, I wish I was in the front seat. Yeah. Or you don't think, oh, he could fit five friends for one bull. Well, now you're touching on what, you know, what breaks the heart of Jesus is that he wants to be in the seat which is probably the cheesiest thing I'll ever say on this if show. I swear, if you say, Jesus is my co-pilot, I'm going to put you in that box. I'm not going to. But the reality is that love that is blocking me from him is also taking his place. 100%. I think that's what we, yeah, that's what we've been kind of like coming around, right? And that's why the Lord will give us these crosses in our life is to reveal the bull to us, right? Like the, the pain and burdenness of the cross reveals the attachments that I should not have, the loves I should not have, that I, the Lord's asking me to get rid of, not because he just, you know, I don't know, in some kind of self-help way where it's like, hey, Paul, you could be a better Paul, so let's work on this next. No, the Lord wants to get rid of it because he loves me and wants to be with me more deeply. And that thing I love instead of him is in his way. Well, here's the promise of Jesus, okay? If you remove the things that don't belong, okay, he will fill the void. 100%. And the thing that we're most afraid of is to get rid of the things that we're attached to and think that something won't be there. That's right. Right? That we'll have this void in our life. That we'll, you know, we won't have this attachment that we're, we've been so in love with, right? But if we remove it or ask for the grace or Jesus remove, like God fills the void mm-hmm. of that, hands down, that's his promise, right? And so when he says, take up the cross, like the cross is literally him. Yes. It is him. It is, it is taking him into your life, okay? And so when we think of a cross, it's like we get afraid of that. No, it's taking him. It's taking him into our life, all of him. The passion, death, the resurrection, because that's where our life makes most sense. Because none of us, none of us, believers or unbelievers are like, will journey through this life without experiencing the Paschal mystery, mm-hmm. the, the the sufferings and the, the, the joys 
and the deaths and the freedom, like all those things we will all experience no matter what we believe, right? Mm -hmm. But it all makes sense when we have Christ, when we're carrying Christ with us and he's carrying us. Yeah. So, all right. When you you mentioned the void, this, what the void touches on is our deepest, deepest, deepest fear, which is loneliness. Mm. And we get this fear from the original sin. There was no fear before that. There was, we weren't afraid of anything. What would we be afraid of? Nothing. Right. But sin entered the world. Death is not the thing we're most afraid of. Mm. It's isolation and loneliness. And sin literally means, you can look it up in your Bible uh, dictionary, yeah. but the Hebrew word literally means to divide. I will. It means to divide. And sin divides us from God. And that shock, that trauma of being divided from God that sin brought into the world, we've never recovered from. And fallen human nature, we know that that void will kill us. The isolation will kill us. The loneliness will kill us because sin brings death. The division brings death. God is life. And so we have this instinct to stay away from the void as much as possible. And what do humans do when they're afraid? They try to control the situation. They Amen. try to make it work. They try to put the bull in the car. When we're afraid of something, we're going we're gonna to figure this out, and I'm not trusting anybody Hands to keep down. me. But the reality is, where does the void come from? Not trusting God. Hmm. That's, that's the void, is the lack of trust. Hmm. Yeah, even if we have to go without water for a while, honestly, yeah, and, and just be like, just wait, God, just wait on God. Please provide. This is way out of my control. Right, He, he did. Like you had to go a week and a half without water. It's crazy. You but know, we survived and survived, and yeah. and God took care of it in mighty ways. I mean, by hundreds and thousands of dollars. So, okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in. Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. That's a bull. The bull singing. Yeah. This show is full of bull. It's bullish. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk in studio. Great to be with you today. Thanks for listening to the show here in uh, South Louisiana, Acadiana, and on the podcast wherever you are. Thanks. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a – we don't always know where the conversation – no, let me say this. We never know where the conversation is going to go, but mm-hmm. yeah. God does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying he always approves of where it goes. But he knows where it's going. He knows all things. Yeah, and you can send a box in if you want, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll use it for the hot box segment. Yeah. Yeah, and we promise not to open it until on air. Yeah, it'll be. So a we're surprise. not going to vet it. So like, that's vulnerability right there. Okay. There's a few things that people don't know about the show. When they ask me, they're surprised. Okay. Okay. One is they don't realize that when you do a "Have you seen" segment, mm-hmm. that I don't know beforehand what you're going to say. No clue. Just like today, I, I, I you really did it. don't. I had no idea. Yeah, we don't share those because we like the art of surprise. That's right. We do not know what's in the hot box. That's the, right. Uh, the other person, right? 
And we do not know what the six pack of questions are going to be That's if, right. when we do them. Like there's no prep on that. Like, yeah, I don't know what the questions will be because I come up with them during the show. Yes. And then I ask. And then I, you don't share them with me. No. And for the weird Catholic, we don't know who, what that's going to be either. Like you share it usually and I have no idea. So Mm -hmm. like we like the art of surprise. Well, I tell you what, Paul, let's keep the surprises going. If listeners want to offer those segments they can email us we'll have to get an email address i don't know but like what if they came up with six pack of questions they could we could we could drill them what if they had a weird catholic thing they want to share we'd be happy to do that okay so speaking of weird catholic we're going to end the show on a weird catholic what yep that's weird bulls are weird too man a bull in your car yep that's weird was a Catholic bull? <laughs> Weird Catholic stuff! It would be Catholic bull if we... People also don't know that Sacrifice the uh, background voices of all the music segments are live. It's you yelling. Me and you. Yeah. Like, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so... This is kind of weird, but it's not gross weird, because I, I heard mom. It's mom approved. I heard mom. Totally mom approved. So it's not weird. <clears throat> okay. Gross. It's weird, like, unique and awesome, and oh... So September eighth, which is uh, a week from today, okay. In fact, yes, or maybe it's Thursday. Anyway, it's the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay. Now, the birth of the Blessed Virgin. We only celebrate three births on the liturgical calendar. Okay. Do you know what they are? Birth of Jesus. Very good. Birth Christmas. of Mary. Yep. And birth of John the Baptist. Very good. And so there are three births. Now this is the weird part not gross but like for this is this is very catholic if you're not if you're a non-catholic christian this will not make sense to you okay but why do we celebrate three births what's true of all three Hmm. of those people that would make sense like that's why we celebrate their birth Hmm. please answer that okay so jesus Mm -hmm. obviously sinless from his conception yeah okay so no no non-catholic christian would argue with us on that okay the Blessed Virgin Mary, sinless from her conception. Yeah, those two I had. That's That was going to be my answer. But the trick question for me was John the Baptist. Because okay. Because he, he's not sinless. No, he's not. Okay. So, but what did happen to John the Baptist before he was born? So this is the weird Catholic tie-in? Is yes. Is this like what's different? Okay, what is it? Well, the before he was born, the Blessed Virgin Mary carrying our Lord in her womb visits his mother, Elizabeth, in Correct. the visitation. Yes. And sanctifies him in the womb. This is a Catholic teaching mm-hmm. that St. John the Baptist was sanctified in the womb. So whatever happens at baptism, for us, you know, as far as sanctification, removal of original sin, filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like the sacrament of baptism. He wasn't baptized, but what happens to us at baptism happened to him in the womb through the presence of Christ in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he was sanctified in the womb. So when he was born, he was born without original sin. Really? Mm-hmm. So in the womb, he had original sin, but he was sanctified through the words of... Mary. Mary. Who was pregnant with our Lord. Can, okay. This is the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Yeah. So you tell a non-Catholic Christian this, they're like, okay, well, It makes sense on. to me, like, in, a, in the spiritual realm. Right. This, like, makes sense. Like, words spoken are actual uh, sacrament. Right? Yeah. Like... At confirmation, the words spoken and the oil, right? Like at baptism, the words spoken and the water. 
in marriage, it's the words spoken, the vows that become the sacrament, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, this interchange of vows. Uh, so this this spoken sacramental word from Mary through Jesus into Elizabeth to mm-hmm. to John the Baptist. So he was conceived with the original sin, which you all were, besides Jesus and Mary, uh, but born without it? Is yes, that what you're saying? which is why we celebrate his birth, because he was born without original sin. Those are the three births. All three births were born without original sin. Really? Why, why am I just hearing about this? I don't know. It's like the Bible dictionary. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> I'd never heard a bit of water <laughs> at all. Um, now, there's even more. Okay. So what, uh, what did Elizabeth say caused the womb, caused the baby in her womb to leap with joy? What was the exact thing that, like she said, filled with the Holy Spirit, she said, for when this happened, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Yeah. What was it? Do you remember? Blesses the fruit of your womb. Yeah, right before that. So she says, um, at the sound of your greeting, mm. the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Mm. Well, what's a, what's a typical Jewish greeting? Shalom. Shalom, peace, mm. right? Like, like peace to you and to your house, right? So there's an amazing lesson here to everyone who loves Our Lady, and her birthday is September 8th, is that Mary's prayer, which... Peace, by the way, is a, is a prayer. Shalom. It's like obviously Jews know that they're not the source of God's peace. God is, right? But they pray for peace upon you and upon your house. So Mary prays for peace upon Elizabeth and her house. Shalom. And then that prayer is answered by God by sanctifying Elizabeth, who is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into Elizabeth at that moment, too, and the baby in her womb. Um, so that prayer of Mary is powerful. And her her intercession is powerful. And the peace that Mary brings is the peace of Christ, which saves us from sin, save John the Baptist from sin and Elizabeth. That's beautiful. I it, love that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring this all back around. If you need help getting rid of the bulls in your life or identify them, um, Mary can help you. That's what a good mother does. Absolutely. A good mother is like, hey, I want what's best for you, and maybe you should you know, do this. Well, and she does it by her love, not so much by her. You know, fathers fathers direct and teach a little differently. Let's say, like, the male genius is to say, here's how you're going to take that car back apart to put it back to a normal car. And here's the tools you're going to use. You see what I'm saying? Like, the father kind of lays it all out. But it's a mother's heart. It's the love of a mother that itself changes. Itself gives life, right? Just the love. I mean, what did Our Lady do at the uh, wedding feast at Cana? She didn't tell the disciple, the p- wedding guests and the, the bride and groom how to turn their water into wine, right? Like, she didn't tell them the step-by-step instructions. She didn't tell them, well, first do this and first do that. She told them, do whatever he tells you. In other words, her loving motherly heart had made it work. She brought Christ to that situation. And so Mary, in the same way, when she says, peace be with you, peace to this home, when she greets Elizabeth... She brings Jesus, hmm. and Jesus saves from sin. And the ultimate bull, Paul, is original sin. We can't get that sucker out of our car. Can't do it. You could try. Not going to happen. You need Jesus, Paul. <laughs> and how do we get him? Through Mary. That's right. Um, awesome. So you have, you have time for a novena. You, you said, hey, you got bulls in your life? Do a novena to end on the birthday of Mary. Does it, Mary, help me get these bulls out. The the <laughs> the best novena for that is Mary Undoer of Knots. Mm-hmm. So just look that up. And 
It could be bull knots. You mm-hmm. can name them whatever you want. So, <laughs> <clears throat> Mary Undoer of Bull Knots. I love it. Yeah. That's another book. Mom I mean, kid. this guy had the bull tied in the car. Yeah. FYI. With a knot. Yeah, with a lot of knots. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway, this is, this has been the best conversation ever. Um, and we'll be back next week, guys. Thanks for listening to the show, uh, for being a part of it. Feel free to spread the word and uh, send us a box or questions or whatever. And we'd love to be surprised. Talk to you guys next week. God bless. God bless.